This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. From the black core of dark Africa, land of enchantment, mystery, and violence, comes one of the most colorful figures of all time, transcribed from the immortal pen of Edgar Rice Burroughs, Tarzan, the bronzed white son of the jungle. And now in the very words of Mr. Burroughs, the story of life or death. To the people of Punya, the arrival of a Barua, a letter, is an event of great importance. This one had been sent from Amdur Mara to the last stop of the Kasaya Railroad. From there, runners had carried it to the edge of the Middle Congo, and from that point it had been relayed on the talking drums of the jungle. It was addressed to Tarzan, and after much discussion, a young warrior named Natisa was elected to take the message to Tarzan's seacoast cabin. As Natisa neared the cabin, he quickened his footsteps. Life is not held dearly in the jungle. Still, the message had said that three lives were at stake. Come in, Natisa. How do you know is Natisa? Tarzan seats through a closed door? <laughs> More than an hour ago, Yusha, the wind, told me that one of my Punya brothers was approaching. But how do you know is Natisa? Uh, I hate to give my secrets away. But uh, I, I was swimming in the lagoon to the east of here when you passed. I caught your scent, and then I traveled by the upper level of jungle growth until I saw you clearly and determined you were a friend. Natisa not see you? I was less than a foot away from you. Why you not speak? You were traveling in the direction of my cabin, and you had no worried look upon your face, so I assumed it was a social call. I returned home so I could greet you like a good host. Is not what you say a call? Not a social call? The punyas are in trouble? Torgo is sick? The corn fails? No, no, no. Matisa, bring Barua to Tarzan. A letter for me? Well, where is it? Matu Andika Ye, on hunting trip. The man who writes is on a hunting trip? Well, then how could he... Matisa, carry message in head. He's from Alifan of Amduramara. An important man. What did he say? He say Tarzan come to Amduramara. Oh, no, 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 no. They're not luring me from the jungle again. He say much important. Some local feud they once settled, I suppose, huh? No, it is not about natives. Baru about white people. Two men, one woman. Oh, what about them? Alifan of Amdurmara say life of men and women at stake. Only Tarzan can save lives. And I could have known this an hour ago. Matisse, sorry. No, it is not your fault, but 
I shall have to leave at once, and I must fly as fast as Zekona the Eagle before Africa claims the lives of three more victims. In just a moment, we will return to our story of life or death. In the days when Tarzan spoke only the language of the apes, he had shared the jungle's light regard for lives. But in recent years, he had developed a quality of mercy. And so he traveled as fast as Bara the deer on his way to Amdur Mara, where the letter had said that three lives were at stake. And his mission took on added importance upon his arrival at the ornate palace of the elephant of Andomara. Putting aside the customary ceremonials of the Orient, the elephant's courtiers lost little time in ushering Tarzan into the private chamber of their potentate. I bid you welcome, Lord of the Jungle. Thank you, great ruler of Andomara. I came as quickly as I could. Truly, you came upon winged feet. Where are the people whose lives are in danger? What is the nature of their peril? Uh, we will come to that in good time. Pray be seated on a rug or an ottoman, and I will send for cool wine. Perhaps you would have a dancing girl entertain us before we get to the business at hand. The uh, business at hand? The, the message you sent me, unless the natives garbled it badly, said that it was urgent that I arrive here at once, that lives were at stake. <laughs> ah, you have lost nothing of your impatience since last we met. I did not mean to appear rude, but I traveled both night and day to arrive here quickly. I did not travel at that rate of speed to drink your wine or be entertained by your dancing girls. Then we will dispense with the entertainment and speak of the favor I seek of you. Favor? In a small antechamber adjoining this one are three Americans. One is an old man whose name is Pierce Ingersoll. As you may know, he is an international figure in the fields of uh, petroleum development and finance. And he is in some great trouble? Ah, the usual trouble of a man who has already enjoyed the normal span of life, but is unwilling to die. Unwilling? He has heard of a fountain of youth in the jungle, and he and his daughter and son-in-law... Uh, Barbara and Cliff Powers have come to find him. Like so many other fools before them. Uh, this fool falls into a very special category. His influence in Amdura Mara is great. He owns valuable leaseholds and land grants. He has stated flatly that unless I am of help to him, he will give up all his interests here. It would mean the end of my reign. Well, that would be most unfortunate. You have been a just ruler. But what is my connection with this matter? They have a map that designates the position of this fountain of eternal youth. I have been unable to secure a professional guide, so I sent for you. You had the audacity to send a message that three lives were at stake in order to lure me from my jungle to act as a guide? Their lives do hang in the balance, for they insist that with or without guides, they intend to find this magical spring in the land of the Mahumazori. The land of the Mahumazori? I do not wonder that you are unable to secure a guide for them. Precisely. I have never been to the land of the Mahumazore, but legend has it that they are the fiercest tribe on the entire continent. Tarzan, I implore you with every means at my command to escort Ingersoll and his party. I do not expect them to find any elixir that will make them live forever, but at least with you, they have some chance of returning alive. Even with me, their chances would not be great. Really, I, I have no heart for this mission. Tarzan, I beg of you. So much depends on it. Do you really believe your position would be in jeopardy if I refuse? My position as a ruler and the livelihood of hundreds of natives who work in his oil fields 
Also, the livelihood of many clerks and minor officials who work in his offices here. I see. Well, I, I am confident that no fountain of eternal life exists, but I cannot let them throw their lives away in the jungle. Nor can I be responsible for your loss of power and your subjects' loss of employment. You will do it, then? You may tell Mr. Ingersoll that we leave tomorrow for the land of the Mahumazari. That night, the destination of the safari Tarzan had agreed to lead was whispered in the native huts and the cafes of Amdurmara. The land of the Mahumazari was Mukilo, taboo. And when the safari set out, it contained not a single Ascari, porter or gun bearer. Only the three Americans and Tarzan. Well... You needn't worry, Tarzan. I'm quite capable of walking every inch of the way. I may be old, but I'm not feeble. You seem in remarkable condition for your years. Cliff, Barbara, keep to the center of the path. Many snakes and small animals hide in the long grass at each side of it. We'll be careful. Okay, the center it is. Cliff, at 43, isn't as good condition as I am. Your daughter looks very fragile. Uh, Barbara's tougher than she looks and more mature. You wouldn't guess that she's over 30, would you? I haven't been speculating on Cliff's age, nor Barbara's, nor yours. Age is not as important to me as it seems to be to you. It is important to me. I've made millions. I have everything I want now, but I didn't when I was young. And I'm not giving these things up now that I have them. That's why I have to find this fountain of eternal life. You understand that I have no belief in the existence of this fountain. But I have the map. I paid a great deal of money for it, and I'm convinced... Similar maps are sold by cheap adventurers the world over. They're like maps of buried gold treasures or secret formulas for turning water into petroleum. I know, I know, I know, but where else can I turn for any hope of living another 50, another 100 years? Stop where you are. Mr. Ingersoll, wait here. There's nothing wrong. What's up? Quiet. It's a snake. Cliff, Cliff, do something. I don't know what to... Hey, look... Tarzan, he's getting right in its path. It's coiling to strike. It's sprinting. Tarzan's caught the snake by his tail. Watch out! Don't get in the way as I swing it! Smashed against a rock. Killed in one quick movement. Tarzan, that's the most remarkable thing. Why did you do that? It is the victory cry of the savage bull ape. I am a man of the jungle. I have lived all of my life here. But can't you see that you do not belong here? That your life and your training have not equipped you to protect yourself in the jungle? We're not turning back. We know it's risky, but we're game. Or is that a poisonous snake, cousin? One of the most deadly, Mr. Ingersoll. The natives call it the Yamolinga. The white men refer to it as the Red Boomslang. Mr. Ingersoll, you and Cliff bring up the rear. I shall go ahead with Barbara. All right. Yeah, it might be safer for all of us that way. Well, I never saw anything like that. Barbara? Yes, Tarzan. It's clear why your father is willing to risk his life to find this fountain, for he's near the end of his allotted years. But why are you and your husband willing to risk your lives? For father's sake. You see, he's worked hard all his life. He's given me everything I ever wanted. He's made things a lot easier for Cliff. So why shouldn't we take a chance for him? You know that even if we escape death from some savage animal or from the warriors of Muhumazari, a man of your father's age may not be able to withstand the rigors of this trek. Yes, I know. I suppose that if he should die and you and Cliff live, all of the millions he's accumulated would go to you, huh? And I'm not sorry I slapped you either. I apologize. Please forgive me, Barbara. But I've met so many conniving, greedy people among those who come into my jungle. It may interest you to know 
that upon father's death, the bulk of this estate goes to charity. He believes Cliff and I should make our own way in the world. Oh, he's helped us, of course. But we'll get no fortune when he dies. So I'd advise you to forget about analyzing our motives and concentrate on the task of getting us to the land of the Mahumazari. And so the small safari plunged deep into the jungle, into the heart of the Black Congo. Behind were left the last outposts of civilization, and after many weary weeks, they drew close to the land of the mysterious Mahumazari tribe. The strange thing was that no scouts appeared to tell the tribe of their coming. No sentries peered at them from the concealment of trees or rocks. Things were almost too peaceful as Tarzan and the three Americans passed into a district of lush green foliage. Let's quicken our pace just a little, Cliff. I don't want Barbara and Mr. Ingersoll to get too far ahead. I'm going as fast as I can. Barbara stood this trip a lot better than I have. And Dad's so anxious to find the fountain that he acts as though he were taking part in a track meet. I hope he's not disappointed. The last time I mentioned that you and Barbara might have some ulterior motives in permitting Mr. Ingersoll to make this trip, I had my face slapped. But tell me, Cliff, aren't you at all resentful of the fact that you will not come into his fortune when he dies? No, I'm not. He worked hard to accumulate his money. It's only fair that I should work for mine. He's always been good to us during his lifetime. That's the important thing. Oh, it's refreshing to find people like Barbara and you. Oh, I think they're getting too far ahead. Barbara! Mr. Ingersoll? Yes? Wait for us, darling. Hurry up then, Cliff. Cliff is having trouble with his feet. I want the four of us together from now on. You haven't caught the scent of some savage animal again. No, not that of men. And yet this district has been traversed lately. Otherwise, we would not be able to travel without chopping our way through the brush. Well, I'd call it pretty lucky. And I would call it dangerous. Have you noticed how still it is? Yes, it is quiet. That is not the nature of the jungle. I shall walk ahead. The rest of you follow closely on my heels. We're set a good pace, Tarzan. Not too fast for Cliff, though. I'll be all right. It's a sensitive... Oh, we're falling! What's happened to us? Where are we? We're at the bottom of a pitfall. One of the deepest and the most cleverly contrived traps I've ever seen. Mr. Ingersoll, are you all right? I, I, I'm not sure. I, I think so. Barbara? Cliff? I'm all right. Oh, just a little daze. There wasn't a sign of that trap. The Mahumazares must have spent months getting the grass to grow over the edges of this pit. Can we get out of it? I doubt it. Must be 50 feet to the surface. If they'd not put these soft bars at the bottom, we might all be dead. Can't you climb out and then lower a rope or something to us? No, even I cannot scale 50 feet of smooth rock. No, I'm afraid that our search for eternal life will end in a slow death. In just a moment, we shall return with the exciting conclusion of Life or Death. Something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! The Loot Crate video box. What's with kids today, huh? 
Wowzers! With crits starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are packs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it? You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. found Tarzan and his three companions still at the bottom of the pitfall. Tarzan was worried, of course, but it did not affect his keen senses and his animal alertness. Although the night was black as ink, he became aware of hundreds of eyes almost before they approached the pit and stared down over the edge. Speak! Man of Mahomazali! Someone's up there. Hundreds of natives, but I can't make out their features in the dark. I can see eyes. It could be animals. Animals? No, they're the eyes of men. They're too cruel for the animal kingdom. Speak, Man of Mahomazali! Tell us why you hold us prisoners in this trap. You enemies come steal secret of fountain. The fountain. Did you hear that? It is true we desire to learn of the fountain. But we are friends who have brought you presents of Americana cloth and beads and salt with which to repay you. Pass up all bows, knives, other weapons. Then bring up chimney and other presents. We lower ladder of rope. Come one at a time. Our warriors watch. Do not try escape. I shall go first. You bring up the rear and make no sudden movements. Natives act first and think afterwards. I come with gifts, Chief of Bohomazari. Be careful, Tarzan. If anything happened to you, we'd be sunk. Here are only weapons. Bring presents up? I have some in my pack. The others bring the rest. Here. Here is Americana cloth with which to make robes for your men and dresses for your women. It's good. Where rest presents. Uh, here's another of our party. Barbara, yes. open your knapsack. Yes, yes, of course. Here. For you, great chief. Beads, ornaments of glass, rings, and bracelets. It's good. Where rest of presents. Mr. Ingersoll, you... Oh, there you are. Just a minute. Now, a great bag of salt and a box of small sticks that make fire. How they work. I shall show you. Watch. You mean they've never seen a match? Quiet. Cliff, give me everything in your pockets. You'll watch first. Good. Great chief, here is small stone with a heart whose beat you can hear if you hold it to your ear. And a stick that makes marks. And a small face that always points to the north wind. Hmm. It's good presents for Kubwaku. He talked to warrior. Can we make a break for it now? We couldn't get ten feet. What did he say his name was? Kubwaku? Well, that just means big, great chief. Oh. I think we've impressed him with our presence. Ask him about the fountain. Yeah, there will be time for that. He's consulted with the others. And tell us what our chances are now. Warriors and Kubwaku like presents white men bring. Well, they prove we are friends. And never before, Mohomazari, let any outside tribe drink from fountain. Never before we spare life of stranger. But this time, because of presence, 
we break roof. Oh, thank heaven. You turned the trick, Tarzan. Pheasants are price of one life. White strangers decide which one lives. Tarzan and the others were made to march single file, and curious natives crowded about them as they entered the crawl. There was no sign of the fountain of youth, but one thing impressed itself on the minds of each of the prisoners. Nowhere in the village was there anyone who appeared to be more than 30 years of age. The prisoners were herded into a small, well-guarded hut, but they were not overly worried about their fate. Their minds were too intent upon the thought that this was indeed the land of eternal youth. Tarzan, what was the Kubu-Ku mumbling to you about? Well, he merely enlarged upon his statement at the pit. He says that they will allow one of us to drink from the fountain and to leave this land unmolested. The rest of us will die. Do you believe they have a fountain? Of course they do. Did you see any old people in the village? The Kubu-Ku seemed about the oldest. And he couldn't be more than 30. He claims to be nearly 360. He's the oldest of the tribe. 360. You see, I was right all along. It won't do you much good, Dad. Surely you wouldn't select yourself as the one to live. Why not? Why not? Because you've had your chance at life. Barbara and I are still young. It should be one of us. One of us? You mean you're not withdrawing in my favor? You are my husband. Sure, I'm your husband. The guy who married the Ingersoll heiress. For all the good it ever did me. Cliff. Well, let me tell you something. If I get the secret of the fountain, I'll make my own fortune. What? I'll make the Ingersoll millions look like peanuts. Oh, well, I'm certainly glad to know how you feel, Cliff. But don't forget, when it comes to a vote on who lives, I can count on my own father. Just imagine going back home, being the only woman in a crowd who grows no older. No gray hair, no wrinkles. No losing of my husband to a younger woman. Uh, what do you mean? Oh, I knew about that Hayes woman. Children, children, children. Yes. Let's hear what Mr. Ingersoll has to say now. It's just this. I organized this hunting party, I secured the map, and I financed every penny of this safari. If anyone's going to learn the secret and return home, it's going to be me. Well, looks like a tie vote. Unless Tarzan's going to be the only noble one here. Nobility would avail me no more than you. Do you hear that drum? Yeah. What does it mean? It is the drum of death. The promise of the Kubwaku that one of us should live was a hollow joke. When their celebration has reached its peak, we shall be led to their ceremonial place, tortured, and then killed. Perhaps within sight of their fountain of everlasting life. It was the time of the full moon, and the tribal circle was bathed in the golden glow of moonlight as the savages of Mahumazore danced with frenzied abandon. This was no mere festival dance or preparation for war. This was the dance of death. Gradually, the guards who surrounded the hut containing the prisoners drifted to the tribal fire. But Tarzan hesitated. He might escape, but how could he live in the jungle without even a hunting knife? And what of the others? While he pondered the question, the door of the hut suddenly swung open. The Kubo-Ku! Here! Bow, arrows, hunting knife, flintlock gun, run with me to forest to make escape. What sort of a trick is this? What's he up to? No trick. Tribe like Kubwaku in temple. He get out, come to you. Together we escape. What are you escaping from? From death they planned for me. No time now to talk. Soon find Kubwaku gone, chase him and you. Well, I don't know what this is all about, but he has brought us weapons and we have little to lose by trying to escape now. I'm not leaving, not without the secret of eternal life. Nor I. Why, a woman would have to be crazy to leave a place where you can live to be 360 and still look like Kubwaku here. All that part of it's nonsense. I can see that now. Tell her you're not that age, Kubwaku. No, that's true. Kubwaku 360. They're coming closer. 
Come on, we have no time. I'll stay here. Don't be a fool, Ingersoll. I'll be a fool with him. Not me. I'm coming along. The others are coming, too. Cool boy, you're powerful. You carry the old man. I'll take the girl. Through the night, they ran. The native chief carrying the old man, Tarzan carrying Barbara, Cliff staggering in their wake. And behind them came the natives of Mahumazori. But by dawn, they had outdistanced the warriors. And as they stopped to rest, Tarzan faced the strange fugitive from his tribe. Well, I think it's time for an explanation. Why were your people about to kill you, Kubuku? Did it have something to do with us? No, it was my time. Your time? Once Mahumazori, weak people. Other tribes raid Mahumazori village often. Warriors kill, defending old people. Then chiefs say kill all old people. With only young, we strong. There were no old people in the village. Law passed. Soon only young people in village. We make up story about fountain of youth. Other tribes think we have great secret, great power. They afraid we live in peace. Then, then there is no fountain? No. But you said it was true, that you're 360. It's true. Today, Kubwa has day of birth. Your birthday? Kubwa think they not kill him because he chief. But law is law. Every member of Mahumazori die when he reached 360. Only young men live. Now, this is getting crazier and crazier. You can't tell me this man is 360, or that men of his tribe are young until they're 359 without some fountain or something. At last moon, when Kubwa 359, he's still young. <laughs> what strikes you is so terribly funny, Tarzan? The, the solution to the secret of the Muhumazari. He says at the last moon, he was 359, and at this full moon, he is 360. Yes? Well, can't you see? These natives figure only by the moon. He's not 360 years old, but that many moons old. You'd have to divide that number by 12. He's... Thirty years old. And had he died at thirty, according to the customs of his tribe, all of us would have died seeking that which does not exist. A magical elixir to keep us upon this earth longer than the span allotted by the great chief of us all. In just a moment, a preview of our next story of The Lord of the Jungle. One day in 1867, a child who lived on a farm near Africa's Orange River found a pebble that glittered pleasantly in the sun. It was the first diamond never found on the dark continent. And the small pebble formed the foundation stone of great industry, fabulous wealth, and dark violence. D for diamonds and death is our next story of Tarzan. Tarzan, the transcribed creation of the famous Edgar Rice Burroughs, is produced by Walter White, Jr., prepared for radio by Bud Lesser, with original music by Albert Glasser. This is a Commodore production. to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle.
From the black core of dark Africa, land of enchantment, mystery, and violence, comes one of the most colorful figures of all time, transcribed from the immortal pen of Edgar Rice Burroughs, Tarzan, the bronzed white son of the jungle. And now, in the very words of Mr. Burroughs, the story of D for Diamonds and Death. In the village of the Onga tribe, the flames of the council fire leaped high. Frenzied dancers, their minds clouded from too much strong Kingala, whirled about the ceremonial circle. From time to time, they stopped to scream insults, shake their fists at the hema of their chief. The Onga tribe was in revolt against their leader. And it was plain that violence would occur before Kuda the sun rose in the heavens. Suddenly, the dancing stopped. The drums were stilled. The savage cries of the natives were left in their throats. It's Tarzan, his lord of jungle. Tarzan, come. Tarzan. Yes, it is Tarzan. Why, you come, Tarzan. I come because word has reached me that you are in revolt against your leader. That business of Onga tribe, not business of Tarzan. I am the lord of the jungle, and I make it my business to see that the law of the jungle is upheld. Your chief has served you and your fathers for many years. Why do you seek to go against his commands? Always before, people of Onga make village in place where there are good water, rich land, many animals for meat. Yes? When soil not good, water dry up, animals leave jungle near village, Onga tribe move, new place. Yes, that is the custom of all jungle tribes. Now this land grow poor, but she say, not move. People of Onga take vote, decide, kill old chief, make new chief, then go, new land. I cannot understand the refusal of your Mawanangwa. But certainly he must have some good reason. Where is he? He come council far now. It's time to kill. Wait. There will be no execution until I learn the reason behind all of this. Jumbo, Mawanangwa. Jumbo, Tarzan. Your people tell me that you refuse to move the village, although this district is no longer fertile. Not move. But why? Not move. Unless you can give some good reason, your subjects are well within their rights to elect a new chief. You must give an answer. Me chief Unga many years. Father chief before me. Before him, his father. But my son not be chief if we move. Your son? Oh, oh the one who left the tribe to become rich in the diamond mines at Yegastown. Yafu good, son. Come back someday. We move. Yafu not find us. Please, Tarzan, not let tribe move. Yafu not find us. I, I understand your sorrow, Mawanangwa, but you can't expect your tribe to remain on this poor land until Yafu decides that life among the Tamanganis is not good. Yafu come back. Then we move. When he come back? Oh, there is but one solution. I, I shall go to the diamond mines and find Yafu. He must return with me or renounce his rights as the future chief of the tribe. You look for Yafu... You bring back... Men of Anga, you must give me sufficient time to find the son of your chief before you move or before you go ahead with the plans that you had made for tonight. We decide. Tarzan, look for Yafu. Bring back by next full moon. Oh, but that gives me little time. It's a long, dangerous trip. I, I may have difficulty finding him. By next full moon, if not back, we kill old chief. Make new chief. Move village. Tomorrow, men of Anga, look for a new place. You intend looking for a new site before you learn whether I shall succeed or fail in my mission? <laughs> we know. Yafu not come back. Tarzan not come back. 
Tarzan go land of diamond and death. In just a moment, we shall return to our story. The great diamond mines of Africa are located in the Kimberley District, at Duditspan, and bordering the Orange and the Val Rivers. These are large underground mines with modern tunnels thousands of feet below the surface. But in distant Jaegerstown, antiquated open pit mining is still practiced. And the office of the Vincent Mining Company, to which Tarzan made his way, was a shabby affair, housed in a sun-baked hut of mud. Martin Vincent, despite his wealth, employed no clerks or secretaries. Dressed in solid whites, he sat behind a massive desk that faced the door. Yes? I am Tarzan. I have come from the village of the Anga tribe to seek a native by the name of Yafu. Yeah. I believe he works for your company? Work? None of these ladies, natives work. Do you know where I can find Yafu? No. But surely you have records in your office giving the names of your employees? I have them inspected when they check in to make sure they're not too sick or too drunk to do a day's work. I have them searched at night to make sure they haven't stolen a diamond. Aside from that, I pay no attention to where or how they live. I see. And you can give me no information about Yafu? I can tell you he hasn't showed up here for these three days. Just when I need labor is the worst. If you dig him up, you better tell him to get back here by tomorrow or he won't have a job. If I find him, I shall tell him your words. Hey, you look pretty husky. You want a job? No, no, no. I'm not cut out to be a diamond miner. <laughs> I wouldn't hire a white man to dig. Thought maybe you'd like a job as foreman. Look as though you ought to be able to crack a whip or use a branding iron. A branding iron? When we find one of these rascals trying to make off with one of our diamonds, we burn a nice large D in his back. Anyone who seeks him knows him for a diamond thief. Can never get a job anywhere else. <laughs> Thank you for your information, Mr. Vincent. All of it. I shall leave now to search for Yahoo. Well, don't forget what I said to tell that native. And if you ever change your mind about going to work for me, let me know. Yagerstown sprawls for many miles, and Tarzan combed its endless rows of thatched huts, its squalid settlements of beaverboard shanties, its meandering streets of crumbling sandstone houses. But suspicious Negroes and shifty whites gave him nothing but evasive answers in return to his queries concerning Yafu. For everywhere within the limits of Yeagerstown, a stranger was regarded as a possible spy for the Vincent Mining Company, and man could take no chances. No, I don't know any native of that name. But in the river settlement, they said all the natives from Unger and the surrounding tribes patronized your cafe. Sure, they come in and load themselves with Pompey and Kangala, but I never get to know their names. They all look alike. They do not look alike, and I am sure you know the names and the whereabouts of your customers. Now, tell me. You're barking up the wrong tree, mister. I'm not giving you any dope on Yahoo. Now, you do know him, All huh? right, so I know him. If he wants to hold up some place and not go to work, that's his business. And mine? I've traveled many hundreds of miles to find him and to take him back to his people. Uh, Give me that again. I have come to take him back to the jungle. Well, in that case, I'll tell you where he was living last, although he may have beat it since then. It'd be the best thing in the world for Yafo to leave Yeagerstown before they burn that D in his back. Good afternoon, Yafu. Me, not Yafu. I was told Yafu lived here. He lived two days ago. Not come back. Sorry. Do, do not close the door. Sorry. Not no more. 
You leave now. I am Tarzan. Do you remember my name? I, I come from the Unger country. I not know your name. Me not come from Unger country. Come from Nuba. The tribal welts upon your forehead proclaim you to be a member of the Unger tribe. And those upon your wrists prove that you are the son of a chief. May I come inside and talk, Yafu? Yes. Come inside, Tarzan. <laughs> Can't you understand, Yafu? Your father's life and the welfare of your tribe depend upon your speedy return. Cannot go back. Why? Yafu stay here. Make much money in diamond mine. I see no evidence of wealth thus far. This room is miserable. Your sleeping mat is nothing more than rags. Work hard. Someday have much money. You have not worked for the past few days. How you know? Mr. Vincent told me. He said unless you come back at once, you won't even have a job. Afraid go back to work. Afraid go home. Where is the diamond? Diamond? Yes, the one you stole. Or was it more than one? One. One small diamond. Why did you steal it? Why I steal? You not know what is to sweat in diamond mine from morning to night. Swing mallet, crush blue rock till back, arms ache. Mud rushes come down, sweep workers away. Reefs fall, kill man next me. Landslides kill others. But that does not answer my question. Why did you steal? You received good wages? Me pay much for room, much for food. Yes, and much for drinks of Kangala. Yafu, your only hope is to return home. For your own sake, as well as your father's and the people of your tribe. They follow me. They find I take diamond. They always find out. They follow me anywhere. They burn D in back. Mark me diamond thief. Can I go back to people as thief? Me, Yafu, son of great chief. No, no, you cannot let your people know that you're a thief. Nor can you break your father's heart. But maybe Vincent's men not catch. Now, the guilt would still be in your heart, burning there, Yafu, keeping you from being a just ruler when you're a chief. Always coming between you and happiness. No, 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 Yafu. You must take the stolen diamond back to the mine. How? You must go back to work. At least for a day. You must return it in the same manner in which you stole it. If they find Yafu with diamond, they think he steal it that day. Yafu afraid? I shall be with you. You need not be afraid. Tarzan cannot come into mine, only for workers. Then I shall accept Mr. Vincent's offer of a job. We will return the diamond together. If caught, D burned into Yafu's back and into Tarzan's back. D stand for diamond thief. I know. D for diamonds and for death. We must risk both, Yafu. Were Vincent a reasonable man, I would go to him with the diamond and the complete story. But I know his kind... However great the danger, we must return the stolen diamond. In just a moment, we shall learn of Tarzan's fate in the diamond mines. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. Night fell, but although Tarzan was tired, he found himself unable to sleep in the oppressive closeness of Yafu's room. 
The jungle was close to the edge of the city, however. Tarzan finally rested in the friendly arms of a great tree. But by dawn, he had returned to the city. Yafu and he joined the swarm of workers who headed for the Vincent Mines. And as they walked along, past the beggars and the flower vendors and the stalls of the open-air barbers, they spoke of their problem. Sometimes get orders carry something to sorting room. Well, that's where you took the diamond? Matil, but maybe they not send Yafu there today. How did you get it past your evening inspection? Diamond was in Yafu's nose. He stained cloth with red berries grown near office hut. Yes? When Yafu walk past inspector, he hold cloth to nose. Say it bleed. For once, they not put flashlight in Yafu's nose and ears. I see. But you could hardly be expected to get away with a trick like that twice. No. Must put diamond back today. Must get to sorting room. Uh, you best keep the stone on your person since they do not search you on your way in. If they hire me, I shall see if I can get into the sorting room. Then you can slip the gem to me and I'll put it back. It sound easy when Tarzan talk, but Yafu work here long time. He know it's not easy to fool Vincent and his spies. Careful, Tarzan, careful. Yes, I guess I'd better be careful with my talk. This is the worker's entrance here? Nadio. <laughs> well, what have we here? Two new recruits? Me, Yafu, work here long time. Not new, Buana Vincent. You've been absent four days now. You're new. You'll go back to beginner's rate. Well, any objection? Uh, no, it's all right. Beginner's rates. You, you decided to take a job? Yes, sir. All right, come with me. Dexter, check the rest of these birds in. Come on, you. Got to check my charts here, see where to put you. See now, section A, Gardner, section B, Van Hooten, section C. B. I guess the field jobs are all assigned for today. You mean you have no job for me? <laughs> Don't worry. We wouldn't pass up a chance to get a man of your size and strength. I tell you what, we'll start you in the sorting room. <laughs> Back work now. Lunch over. I'm too hot for work this afternoon. Yafu! Yafu! Tarzan! Tarzan, you eat? There will be time to wait later when we're on our way home. Careful. Spies everywhere. I know, I know, I know. Yafu, I'm working in the sorting room as a watcher. If one of the sorters leaves his trough for a minute, I can return the jewel. Now, when we go through this archway, brush against me and drop the gem in my knife sheath. Nadi. Well, I... I think I like it here, Yafu. Did you, uh, <clears throat> did you work hard this morning? It break much blue brown. It... Oh. Oh, I'm sorry I bumped into you. I didn't realize that passageway was so narrow. It's all right, Tarzan. It's all right. Back to the mines, you. Tarzan, I don't like to have the foreman mixing with the man at mail times. Better get back to the sorting room. Yes, Mr. Vincent. And keep your eyes open. The auditor's in my office now. And it looks as though there's one diamond missing. Check table one. All okay, huh? Check table two. Right. Uh, just a minute, Mr. Vincent. Something's wrong here on these figures on table three. Tarzan. Yes, Mr. Vincent? Any of the sorters of table three leave their troughs any time today? The tables have been fully manned every minute. Except at lunchtime, of course. The missing stone wouldn't necessarily have had to be taken today, Mr. Vincent. These figures are for the full week. I got a hunch it's today. 
Attention! Everyone line up the far end of the room, facing the wall. Controller and I'll search all of you. Shall I help line the men up? Help line the men up. You get in line, too. I said everyone. I refuse to be searched. You refuse. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it, Dexter? I see nothing funny about a man upholding his dignity. <laughs> Tell him how funny it is, Dexter. I'll show him. You see this small cord here? Yes. I give it only a slight tug. All right, guards, grab him. No one's grabbing me. Well, I was right when I picked you for strength. Still, you were no match for eight of my guards. They are strong men. He put up a good fight, though. That he did. Now, let's see why he put up such a good fight. I'll relieve him of his knife and sheath, and you can search him. Now then. Oh, you will find what you seek inside the knife case. He was right, Mr. Vincent. Here's the missing diamond. First day at work, and he steals. I did not steal, but I would not expect you to believe the truth, even if I were free to tell it. You're quite right. I believe nothing you could say. Shall I have the guards take him to the branding room? No, I'm going to make a real example with this one. I'm going to show these thieving rascals in the fields and not even a man of Tarzan's strength and reputation can get away with anything here. What are you going to do? We'll build a fire right in the center of the blue ground. Right in the heart of the Vincent mine. We'll make the branding iron doubly hot. And the brand burn doubly deep. As the workers assembled, Tarzan was led into the mine. He seemed subdued, but he was taking in each detail of the funnel-shaped mining pit. He noted the giant windlasses that dotted the upper edge of the crater, and the steel ropes attached to the great winders, which hauled the buckets of blue ground to the top. The tense cables formed a veritable cobweb of steel strands, a maze that resembled in many ways the tangled vines of the upper jungle growth in which Tarzan was so much at home. As the workers crowded in, Tarzan caught the eye of Yafu in the rear of the crowd. An unspoken message passed between them as the branding iron became white-hot. Have them shut down the machinery. I want everyone's attention here. Yo, meet Ukio, shut off the winders. Quiet. Can I stand in front of you? I want your attention. The iron is ready. Keep it hot. Right. I want all of you to look at this man. He thought I didn't know who he was when he came to Jagerstown. I knew. I know everything that goes on around here. He's Tarzan. Some call him the Lord of the Jungle. But around here, he's just another working stiff. And he was found stealing a diamond. We're going to give him a very special treatment. I want you to watch. Remember, this is what will happen to you if you try to steal what don't belong to you. Ready? Give me the iron. Hold him, man. No, no, not use iron. Hold him no, good. No, now then. Not for Tarzan. He not steal diamond. No, Who's that? No, the diggers. No, no. Yafu steal diamond. Tarzan tried to put back. Tarzan not steal. Yafu We'll brand him too. Yafu. Get him, guards. No. Now you fools. Let it go, Tarzan. Yafu, give me your arm. Climb. Climb. After them. They're climbing up the steel ropes. Come and get a gun. Tarzan's half carrying the native. They'll fall. Oh, nothing. He's moving through that steel cobweb like a jungle ape. Where are the guns? Here they are, but I don't think they're going to... Give me one of them. Again. They've almost reached the top of the pit. No one's there. You made them all come down here. Hey, we'll get them. Fire, you idiots! What are you waiting for? Ah, they're over the fence. The shots weren't even close. No, they're not in the clear yet. We'll follow them. Sound the alarm! I've given the signal. There it goes, sir. 
Yafu, Yafu have to rest. We can't rest until we're out of Jaegerstown. Oh, Ascari, I hear. The police. On all sides, they have us surrounded. We surrender to Ascari? Maybe they... The mine owners control the police. No, Yafu, we'll have to run until we get... Here they go, right over there. Uh, uh, I want those men caught after now. Quick, Yafu, down this alley. Yafu, come. But he's... Hurry, Yafu. Once they enter this alley, they'll think... Oh, we almost attained the valley now. A dead-end street. There's a blank wall. We surrender now. No, no, there's a bamboo pole in front of that shop there. Stand at the foot of the wall, Yafu. If I can use this bamboo pole to help me vault to the top of the wall, I'll... I'll... What Yafu do? Oh, oh, save Yafu. Vincent's men come. Grab the end of the pole. I'll pull you up. I have... The jungle is just ahead, Yafu. Quickly, jump to the ground. Only a short run, and we'll be in my jungle, Yafu. No, Yafu, not rich jungle. Everything cloudy, everything black. Yafu. No, no, you can't faint, Yafu. You can't quit yet. All right, I'll carry you over my shoulder. And now, I swing myself to the upper level and head for home. It was soon night, and the pursuers fell far behind as Tarzan, with Yafu still slung over his shoulder, scurried through the upper level. This was the jungle, and no man of the city could catch Tarzan in the primordial forest. By the time Yafu had regained consciousness, they were near the Onga village, and the sound of the ceremonial drum suddenly made them realize that it was the night of the full moon. Well, here is your village. They're holding the showery. Look, father still lives. It's time for death of our chief. Boss! Us! Then you make me chief. Me lead you new land. The old chief will live, and his son will lead you to your new home. Is Tarzan? Tarzan, return. You Tarzan, you bring your food. My son, my son. You are tired, my father. Yafu help you to Hema. In morning, we find new site for village. Then we begin everything new. Yafu has learned lesson. He be good son, good chief when his time come. Tarzan, where do you go? Back to my seacoast cabin. My mission for the people of Anga is finished. Together, Yafu, we have won great victories over evil from within and from without. And our greatest victory is mirrored upon your father's face. In just a moment, a preview of our next exciting story of Tarzan. Perhaps when we mention pirates, we conjure thoughts of buried treasures and gold doubloons. But modern pirates do not wield cutlasses or make their victims walk the plank. Still, their diabolical crimes are sometimes crueler than those of the storybook pirates. We believe you'll enjoy Tarzan's adventure with these modern devils of the sea in Tarzan and the Pirates of Cape Bandera. Tarzan, the creation of the famous Edgar Rice Burroughs, is produced and transcribed by Walter White, Jr., prepared for radio by Bud Lesser, with original music by Albert Glasser. This is a Commodore production.
this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. From the black core of dark Africa, land of enchantment, mystery, and violence, comes one of the most colorful figures of all time, transcribed from the immortal pen of Edgar Rice Burroughs, Tarzan, the bronzed white son of the jungle. And now, in the very words of Mr. Burroughs, the story of Tarzan and the pirates of Cape Bandera. For some weeks, Tarzan had been working on the small boat he kept near his seacoast cabin. The sails had been mended, the seams caulked, and the deck and cabin revarnished. Now his mighty muscles bulged as he carried aboard casks of drinking water and great hampers of provisions. Suddenly his nostrils quivered and his eyes darted to the shore, but the scent of a gomangani and native was mingled with a salt hair. His hand moved instinctively to his great hunting knife. But the hand relaxed and the tenseness disappeared as he recognized the punya native who stepped from the brush onto the narrow strip of beach. Tarzan! Tarzan! I'll find that he's at. I'm out here on the dock. Tarzan fixed boat? Go away? Yes, Natisa. Yes, I've planned for a long time to take my tiny vessel around the Cape and up the eastern coast. Cape of Good Hope, many moons distance. It's dangerous trip for small boat. <laughs> well, I've, I've never been particularly noted for avoiding danger. But I think the sea will offer fewer enemies in the jungle. No, Tarzan cannot go. Not now. Oh, I suppose I can't go because I'm needed here, huh? All right, Natisa, tell me why you have come. What troubles are the people of Punya now? Ugano not agree who owned three-head cattle with Karogo. Mama Nagama has much trouble with boy Togo, who want hunt all day, not go missionary school. Sui throw mud on clean wash of Zareba. Chief say to Natisa, get Tarzan, bring back to settle trouble. Natisa, your report of the terrible troubles of the Punya tribe makes me more resolved than ever to leave on this trip. I'm afraid I've taken too much responsibility for your people. I, I weaken them by making all their decisions. But what they do? They will settle their own disputes. <laughs> now I know how a president feels when he leaves on a vacation, or a king when he hands the reins to a prime minister. 
Yes, Natisa. I'm leaving on a vacation. Uh, but Tarzan taking Natisa with him on vacation? Well, if the messenger they sent for me doesn't return, they'll surely have to settle their own problems. Huh? You take Natisa, huh? You shall be first mate, second mate, chief cook, and crew. Natisa, I, I know a lovely spot along the coast, a narrow strip of land that's completely secluded. The fish grow larger, the wild fruit richer, and the ocean bluer. For once, I shall know peace at Cape Bandera. But even as Tarzan and Natisa sailed in the direction of the beautiful Cape, the same narrow strip of land was being discussed in a waterfront dive in Tarak, melting pot of the roughest collection of seamen from Singapore to Caracas. Whoever heard of sailing out of Cape Bandera? There's no trade there, Mr. Gottlieb. You're so right, Captain Hilk. Even the few natives who used to live there have moved to the mainland. So why should we pick that deserted place for our home port? You'll find out in good time. I'll know before I sign. What ports are call and what cargo? We'll sail any place where they'll buy merchandise without asking questions. And our cargo will consist of whatever we find in the holes of the native dolls that ply the coast. Pirating, Mr. Gutliff? Are you too weak-livered for that business? No, I'll do anything for money. But I'm not running a pirate ship for regular skipper's wages. You want Captain Helk, it'll be double wages and shares. Double wages and shares it'll be for you and your crew. Can you get the men you'll need? I can pick them all up on the waterfront before nightfall. I look for only three features in a privateer. Three features? Holes in the soles of their shoes, scars on their faces, and big hands. Huh? It works out. If a man has holes in his shoes, he's desperate enough to play my game. The scars prove he's been in a knife fight or two, and he's been the one to walk away. And the big hands guarantee that he can throttle a man without giving him time to let out a squawk. When do we sail, Mr. Gottlieb? As soon as the guns and ammunition are brought to the dock. That'll be shortly after dark. I'll have my crew ready. Now you know why I selected a lonely spot like Port Bandera as a base. No one will interfere with our little game there. (laughs) Heaven help anyone who tries. With a crew of cutthroats, we'll have aboard. We'll continue with our story in just a moment. Many moons had passed, and Tarzan and Natisa had rounded the southern tip of Africa and had progressed as far as the harbor of Tarak on the eastern coast. We head for land to hunt me? No, Natisa, we'll, we'll trade some hides for a few supplies here and wait for our hunting until we arrive at Cape Mandora. This big harbor, many ships, what the big ones with no sails? Oh, those are steamers. They carry cargo to distant ports. And boats with strange sails? Oh, those are the Latin sails the Arabs use. And apparently none of the fleet's going out today. I, I don't understand the inactivity here. Many men on pier? Yes, they're just standing around talking. None of them is loading cargo. Maybe afraid of sharks. Natisha, see fins of many sharks in harbor. Yes, I see them too, but I hardly think that... Natisha, look at that lone Arab on the end of the wharf. He... He jumped in water right near Shark. Grab the tiller, Natisa. I'm going in after him. No, Tarzan. He jumped in. You're not He won't stand a chance with those long Arab robes. Guide our boats to the dock, Natisa. Tarzan, watch out. Killer Shark, head for Arab. 
was a race as Tarzan attempted to intercept the shark as it dried it rapidly toward the helpless arrow. But despite Tarzan's powerful strokes, the shark reached its goal first. It rolled over and the jagged teeth screamed with But before they could sink into its victim, Tarzan's hunting knife found its mark in the killer's sleek belly. The shark leaped high into the air, its tail trailing the water, and it drove to strike back at its attacker. Turning sea was red with blood as Tarzan wrestled the monster onto its back again, and once more the knife sank into the white underbelly. Again, and again, and again. The shark shuddered convulsively, the crashing of the powerful tail ceased. The shark was dead. Tarzan took a few strokes and then swam down and placed his arm around the Arab. He hoisted the inert figure onto the nearby pier. Then, grinning broadly, he clambered onto the rough loon dock. Save Ismail. Ismail, jump into sea. Please, just save him from shock. Let's roll him over on his stomach. Try to pump some of the water out of him. Ah, your fellow Arabs seem to have lost interest in you quickly. Let's see if I can return you to this world. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Take a tie boat to Pier Tarzan. Good. Inhale. Exhale. He come to life? I think so. Then perhaps he'll solve what has always been a great riddle to me. How a man can fight for survival from the time he leaves his mother's bosom and then seek to die by his own hand. You have a fine house here, Ismail Ben Ahmed. Before the month is passed, it will no longer be mine, Tarzan. Oh, you've had business reverses, huh? That's why you attempted to end your life? Reverses? You speak in mild tones. Tarak is the shipping point for materials brought across the Sahara. Ivory, ostrich feathers, hides, tea, curry powder, other things. Until this week, I was the owner of four ships. And what happened? I lost them all. Every one of them. And each was loaded to the gunners with rich cargo. I'm wiped out. The work of a lifetime swept away. By storms? Oh, but surely the captains of your ships must have had warning of their approach. The storms that have befallen the ships of Ismail and his brothers give no warning, for they are man-made. Man-made storms? Perhaps I speak too vaguely. It is the manner of the Arab. I mean that my vessels, as well as those of many other smaller ship owners, have been robbed and then sunk by pirates. Pirates in this day and age? That is why the bales of cargo are piled high on the wharves. And no one dares make a move to load the ships. Those who still have ships are afraid to let them venture forth. But there must be means of combating these pirates. They have sleek, motor-driven ship that easily overtakes the swiftest of our fleet. Our men are brave, but the enemy consists of huge, savage men who climb aboard and strangle those who resist. It seems incredible. Sharks have fed well on the proof of the end private's infamy. But you have heard enough of Ismail Ben Amit's troubles. You have saved my life. Is there some manner in which I can be of service to you? Well, we came ashore to refill our casks with fresh water and to trade a few hides for some provisions. Your native companion can fill the casks at the clear spring in my courtyard. And it will be my pleasure to supply the provisions you need. Oh, you're most kind. I, I wish there were some way in which I could help you, though, in your trouble. Perhaps when you resume your voyage, you may see the vessel of the pirates. They have always struck at night. And although a few of our seamen have escaped, they have been unable to give an adequate description of the pirate craft. And if you had a description? The government would send the naval police and comb the waters for it. But of course, without a description... Well, when we have stocked our modest galley, we will head for the sea again. 
But I doubt that a pirate ship will frequent the waters near such an unprofitable district as that of our destination, a quiet cove of Port Bandera. Catch the horse, Nikita. Throw it off, Tarzan. Now fasten it well around that tree. It's tied. Ah, it's good to have my feet upon the earth again. Well, Letitia, this is Port Bandera. Do you like it? Oh, it's a beautiful place. But why we anchor at Edge of Beach, not sail into coal? Because for the first time I've arrived to find another vessel here before me. Didn't you see that ship nestled beneath the overhanging boughs? No. Is pirate ship, maybe? No, I hardly think so, for Ben Ahmed said they used a motor-driven ship, and the one moored there is an antiquated sailing vessel. Still, I, I thought it best to take no chances. We make camp here? We'll cache our supplies near here, and then we'll walk to the anchored ship and find out whether they're friends or foes. The vessel, half hidden by the overhanging trees at the edge of the cove, was, as a matter of fact, the pirate ship of Mr. Gottliff and his skipper, Captain Helk. During the past months, they had reaped great profits. But even financial success does not always lead to a feeling of security. And as Helk and Gottliff stood on the deck of their moored ship, they argued the point. I still think the naval police may find us even here. In the name of heaven, Captain Elk, why should you worry? If they look for anything, it will be for a sleek motor ship, and we have sailed. Anyone with half an eye could see we aren't rigged to use them. Look, when we sail, we're a trim, speedy craft. When we're in hiding, we're a shabby old sailing vessel. Who's going to examine our rigging or inspect the fake shell with which we cover our modern hull? Well, I'd feel a lot safer if we had more fighting men. Excuses, excuses. I told you to get as many men as you needed, Captain Help. I got as many as I could trust who lived up to my requirements. Ahoy there! Who are you shouting at? Ahoy! Huge, powerful white man and a native. Well, don't let them come aboard. One of our crew might come up on deck and then... I want him on deck. May need a little help in convincing this man that he should join us. Join us? A stranger we know nothing about? He meets my requirements. He's the most powerful man I've ever seen. He has great hands, obviously. He can't afford shoes. There's a scar on his forehead. May we come aboard? Yes, yes, of course. I'll lower the ladder. Go below and tell the men to crouch by the companionway. What about the native? I'm only interested in the giant. We'll Shanghai him. And we'll feed the native to the sharks. In just a moment, we'll return to our story of Tarzan and the Pirates of Cape Bandera. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here. Aha! It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, with an exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. Ha <laughs> ha! From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! To the Loot Crate video box! What's with kids today, huh? Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are boxes just about for all collectors! To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash Loot Crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S. S forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. 
tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. The tone of those aboard had been friendly, and so Tarzan and Atisa climbed the ladder without great suspicion. At the top of the ladder, Mr. Gottlieb stood in a gesture of friendship, a smile on his face. But there was no smile on the face of Captain Helk, nor on the cruel faces of the burly seamen who crouched behind him in the shadow of the companionway. Now remember, keep still until Mr. Gottlieb and I have worked him over to the edge of the companionway here. Right. Kellen, you and Bola grab the native. The rest of you gang up on the white man. Right, Skipper. We got it. Okay. We got it. And I want no mistakes. If you let that giant run loose around here... We got guns. And we know how to use them. I want him alive. Pinion his arms so he can't do any damage. What about the native? I don't care what happens to the native. Quiet now. Well, the hardly expected callers in this lonely port. We expect to see others. I've spent many months here in the past without catching sight of another human. It's a great pleasure to welcome strangers. Here, here, let me give you a hand. My name is Gottlieb. I am Tarzan. And my companion's name is Natisa. Welcome, Tarzan, Natisa. Jumbo, why not Gottlieb? Come, I'd like you to meet our captain. Mr. Helps one of the finest navigators on the coast. Good, there's much I have to learn about to see. All right, man. Natisa and I sail around the Cape, but I still find... Uh, uh, what is this? Hold him, man! You're not getting away! Uh, grab his other arm! No, no, not throw Natisa over rail! No, no, Natisa, not quit! No, no, no! Let me go! I must save Natisa! He's floundering in the water! Finish him off! Well, let's take care of the native. I've never seen such cruelty. Even without your gunfire, Natisa would have died. He couldn't swim! That's very unfortunate. You greet us with friendship and then you commit murder. Those are harsh words for a man who's being held by six of the roughest men of Africa. We meant you no evil when we boarded your ship. Why did you kill my friend? Why do you hold me captive? It's just a slight precaution. Your friend could be of no use to us, but Captain Helk here feels that you would be an addition to our crew. Is this the way in which you recruit seamen? In our business, we have to be sure of a man before we permit his arms to be free to grasp at a knife. Yes, you're wise. Would I free you? you're not free. Nor will you be unless you throw your lot in with us. We treat our crew well. Double salaries and shares. Double salaries and shares? I see. What must one do in order to earn this great amount? First, a few questions to you. How did you earn that scar on your forehead? When I was a young boy, I had a death struggle with Bolgani, the gorilla. With the gorilla? <laughs> I guess you can take care of yourself. How are your finances, Tarzan? I have seldom had use for money. But I guess you have no objection to it, eh? If I had a distaste for money, would I have traveled a great distance to join your pirate crew? He knows who we are. How did you know? A true privateer gives no information of that kind. Surely you know that. Isn't it enough that I am as strong as three men, that I have taken great pains to reach you, and that I thirst for the life of a pirate? That's good enough for me. Release him, men. Welcome to our gentle crew, Tarzan. <laughs> Good. Good. 
18. Dig in, Tarzan. You won't find Fatty Grubb and any galley on the seven seas. It should be good. Meat from the cattle boat sailing from port sides. Fruits and spices on their way from the Indies. Delicacies from every land in the world. Have some of this wine, Tarzan. The blood of a dozen men have paid for it. That should make it taste sweeter. Oh, you're quite a joker. Incidentally, Tarzan, I'm the captain of this ship. So far, I've been lenient with you. But when we put to sea, I'll have no breach of discipline. I was unaware that I had broken any rules. The crew is limited to certain parts of the ship. Your only duty is fighting. After this, I do not want to find you snooping about the engine rooms or the carpenter's shop. It was just natural curiosity. Natural curiosity sometimes leads to unnatural deaths. But Tarzan had already completed his snooping. Now he knew the secrets of the pirate ship, the manner in which the vessel was disguised, the hiding place of much of the stolen cargo. The task remaining before him was to return to his own small vessel, make his way to Tarak, and there inform the naval police of the description and whereabouts of the ship that had been terrorizing the seas. But when, after several days, he managed to sneak ashore, he found his boat gone. And even as he searched vainly for it, the missing dhow made its way unsteadily to the dock at Tarak. You there, in the boat. Throw me your rope. I feel here. Now then, give me your hand. I'll help you into the dock. Uh, well, Santa. You look as though you've been in some sort of a drunken brawl. You shouldn't be roaming around the harbor. Please, me sick. Almost drowned. Sailed many days. No food or water. Now, likely story. What's your name? Me, Matisse. Where are the papers for your boat? Papers? Come, come. I'm Lieutenant Kirby of the Naval Police. And we haven't time these days to fool about with those who can't keep papers in their vessels. Matisse not know about papers. I suppose you've stolen the boat. Please, Matisse not steal anything. He bring back boat belong Tarzan. Tarzan captured by bad men at Cape Bandera. Maybe our pilots. Oh, now I've heard everything. Now you come along with me. In the morning, when you've sobered up, we'll find out the real story about this boat and where you got it. Please, Tarzan in bad trouble. And so are you, my friend. So are you. Unable to find his boat and thus return to Tarak, Tarzan had gone back to the pirate ship. The ship made several journeys during the next few days, but the profits were not great, and the newest member of the crew was not in high favor. I can't understand it, Tarzan. Three raids you've been on, and you've managed to queer things every time. If we weren't short-handed as a result of your stupidity, I'd send you over the rail right now. I'll do better tonight. What's our target? We're going to attack a port instead of a ship, and the stakes are high this time. Is it safe to attack a port? It's never safe to be a pirate, but the wharf at Tarek is groaning with cargo. And if they won't send it out on their ships, we'll go in and get it. And there better be no careless mistakes this time, Tarzan. If there is a mistake, we may sacrifice one of our crew. You sent for me, Commander? Yes, Ben Ahmed. Lieutenant Kirby here arrested a native who couldn't prove ownership of a dhow. He claims you know him. Well, I assured the commander it was just a tall story, but he thought it best to check with you. What's the native's name? Uh, I just sent a turnkey to get him. Uh, what did he say his name was, Kirby? Uh, he said his name was Natisa. Natisa? He's a native that accompanied Tarzan to Cape Bandera. Yeah, that's what he said, but Kirby, I... Kirby, did... I told... It's my Ben Ahmed. Tell him... Tell them you know Natista. I have already told them. Uh, what has happened to the man who saved my life? Tarzan captured by badmen. They think they kill me. Natista believe a pirate. Where is their port? Was it Cape Bandera? Commander, I insist that the naval police ship proceed to Cape Bandera at once. You don't have to insist, Ben Armand. I'm quite in agreement. So if you may come along. We'll be ready to leave within the hour. The ship's carpenter had skillfully removed the camouflage of a sleek pirate vessel. 
The dummy sails had been reefed, and the great diesel motor was driving the ship toward the port of Tarak. The forward deck bristled with guns, and the fierce crew stood at their stations, ready to pillage the water. They'll be landing in a few minutes now. Kellen, you man that big forward gun. Keep it trained on the dock. Yes, sir. Murphy, you take charge of the loading. Mr. Godliff, be prepared to relay orders to the engineer and wheelman. Right. The rest of you come with me. We'll do the necessary fighting. And don't forget, Tarzan. I've got my eye. What is it, Captain Elk? Boat leaving the dock. Stop the engines, also lights. Right. There, we haven't the a light showing. They're coming this way. Turn the cannon to the port side and train it on them. Right. As soon as they get within range, let them have it broadside. All right. Ready? What are you? Captain, Tarzan's killed Kellen. Any man get Tarzan. Cannon faces you now. Come down closer. He doesn't know how to fire it. Hurry, get to it. That boat. I shall lower a ladder for you. Here. Miss Tarzan. Natisha. Please, Allah, you are safe. Ismail Ben Ahmed, come aboard, all of you. I will reveal much to interest you. Dead pirates, the secrets by which they operated, and much of their stolen cargo. Some of my goods. Ah, yes, much of it bears your name. Now you will have the will to live. And I? I will be contented with the comparative safety of my jungle. In just a moment, a word about our next exciting story of Tarzan. The caravan crossed the great Libyan desert. The camels were unloaded and the huge bales transferred to the broad backs of native quarters. Then the safari plunged into the tangled jungle. Cities were avoided and only the most remote trails were used, for the cargo was worth more than money. And secrecy was the byword in the story, Contraband which we will tell in our next adventure of Tarzan. Tarzan, the creation of the famous Edgar Rice Burroughs, is produced and transcribed by Walter White, Jr., prepared for radio by Bud Lesser, with original music by Albert Glasser. This is a Commodore production. to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. From the black core of dark Africa, land of enchantment, mystery, and violence, comes one of the most colorful figures of all time, transcribed from the immortal pen of Edgar Rice Burroughs, Tarzan, the bronzed white son of the jungle. And now in the very words of Mr. Burroughs, the story of contraband.
Unlike other continents, Africa is poor in islands. With over 16,000 miles of coastline, it has only a half dozen islands large enough to earn a place on the map. And thus, even a small coral islet like San Lorenca, which is too small to appear in atlases and geography books, has great military importance. The woman knew its importance. The woman who stood in the public square of San Lorenca's capital, her dark eyes flashing, her flowing hair tossing, her slim body swaying hypnotically as she incited the natives to riot. Why should you work in the fields all day? Why should you slay for the Europeans from one year's end to the next? Why should you grovel beneath a foreigner's heel? Are you not foreign at all? I am one of you. Your skin whiter than ours. The blood of many races flows in my veins. It is true, my skin is whiter. But my heart belongs only with the people of San Lorenzo. You not talk like rest of us, Tom. My speech has been changed by schooling in distant lands. But my education shall be a weapon to free you from the bonds of slavery. We shall band together. We shall kill every foreigner on the island. We will take over the wharfs and the warehouses, the governmental buildings, the hospital, the prison. We shall free the prisoners. We shall free all whom the whites have enslaved. We run government. We kill all white men. We shall reclaim San Lorenzo for its people. And Tar shall lead you. We follow you, Tar. You are leader. And so began the bloody revolution of San Lorenzo. Despite the fanatical zeal of Ta and her followers, the natives were not able to take over the government in one quick stroke. Instead, the war continued for many months, growing in savagery and intensity with each day. Even the governmental police from the mainland seemed powerless to stop it. And after a raid that resulted in the death of more than a dozen of the police, Captain Lawrence was detached from his unit for a special mission. It took him to the mainland, along the jungle coast, and to a crude cabin that stood in a small clearing. I say there, are you at home, Tarzan? Would be my luck to travel all this distance. I don't believe he's home. <laughs> Tarzan, <laughs> you just took three years off my life. You'll have to sneak up on a man like a panther stalking its prey. I did not mean to frighten you, but I oh. caught the scent of man a few moments ago, and I decided to hide in that clump of trees over there until I learned the identity of my caller. Well, I'm glad we're friends. I should hate to be an enemy coming to call on you. You are a friend indeed, Captain Lawrence. Shall we go inside? Oh, thank you. Perhaps I, uh... I shouldn't be so friendly. The last time you made your way to this cabin, it was to arrest me. Well, I'm happy that the charges proved completely groundless. Tarzan, this time I come to appeal for help. The government wants my help? In what way? The people of San Lorenzo are in revolt. They've killed close to a hundred Europeans and Englishmen, and almost a score of police. You hold no elections there. Perhaps revolution is their only method of changing a government they find unfavorable. My government has long been willing to grant them their freedom, but we feel that the group now leading the revolt would not work for the best interests of the natives, or for world peace. What makes you think that? Well, their leader is a woman. She lived in Europe for some years, was educated there. Her reputation was most unsavory, and she was the intimate of those who preach world revolution. Although she was born on San Lorenzo, her ways are not those of the people, nor are her goals theirs. <laughs> One seldom knows a woman's aims. What do you think hers are? She has long been the confidant of a war profiteer, a despicable character by the name of Ali Ostagar. It is known that they were in close association before she decided to return home uh, to San Lorenzo. But what does that prove? Ostagar is in the employ of powers that begin revolutions in many strategic countries. The revolution in San Lorenzo started the day after her return. I see. She has gained great power of the natives. They look upon her as some sort of a goddess. Only the influence of someone also looked upon as a deity 
can overcome her influence. Someone who is looked upon as a deity? Surely you do not think I hold the position of a god. The lord of the jungle? It is more than a title of respect, doesn't Even on the island, your name is enough to make a native think twice before joining Ta and her followers. Ta? That, that is the woman's name? Oh, she has used many aliases in the past. I don't know where she got this one. Ta is a native word. It means lamp. A lamp, eh? A lamp that leads the natives to death and destruction. And Tarzan, only you can stem this tide of killing. In just a moment, we shall return to our story of Tarzan. Equatorial rain had come quickly, and rivulets of water ran down the faces of Tarzan and Captain Lawrence as they broke through dense jungle growth on their way to Lagos, disembarking point for San Lorenzo, scene of the bloodiest revolution of modern times. If this rain keeps up, they can sail the steamer right into the jungle to pick us up. I think it will start before morning. Well, I hope so. Every day's delay means more deaths on the island. If only we knew where the natives were getting their guns and ammunition. Guns and ammunition? You didn't mention that before. I assumed they were using knives and spears and other native weapons. No, it's guns this time. I told you they were outside influences at work. Oh. For the first time, I'm really convinced. Could you travel faster, Captain Lawrence? Oh, I'm afraid not. I can't take this moist heat the way you can, Tarzan. Perhaps we'd better rest until morning. I dislike traveling in this strong rain anyway. You? I thought you were impervious to the elements. Well, it's difficult to catch the sense of any enemy with the wind and the rain beating down. Any enemy who ventured out on a night like this? Off to the ground. There's someone's firing at us. Tarzan, you better get down, too. Not until I find out who's trying to kill us. Tarzan sped in the direction from which the bullets had come. A dark figure leaped from behind a protecting rock and fled into the night, fear giving his footsteps great speed. Still, he was no match for Tarzan. And as the Lord of the Jungle gained on him, he turned to fire. He raised his gun to his shoulder, leveled the barrel straight at Tarzan's chest, curled his finger around the trigger, and fired. At almost the exact moment, Tarzan took a diving tackle at his assailant's legs. The shot went wild, the gun dropped, and the two rolled over and over in savage battle. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. No break on. Ah, stop struggling, then. Please stop. Not break on. Put your hands behind you and stand up. I say, Tarzan, are you all right? Yes, Captain Lawrence. Would you mind picking up that gun over there while I tie the hands of our friend here? No tie hands. Need not make more trouble. Go ahead and tie his hands, Tarzan. He can't afford taking another chance. Well, at least it looks as though the rain's letting up a bit. Why did you attempt to kill us? Not try kill you. Only try kill enemy people of San Lorenzo. Ah, so you've been following Captain Lawrence. For how long? Since day he leave island. Only me lose trail three times. Not find him till tonight. Hey, this is our first class gun he has here. Don't recognize the mate, though. Now, let me see it. Hmm. Ah, the stock's ornamented with scroll work and silver. Yes, I noticed it. Rather a strange design. Beautiful, though. Captain Lawrence, did you see any guns of this type in the battles on San Lorenzo? We didn't capture any of their arms. Say, is this nigger from San Lorenzo? Are you? Me not say. Not tell anything. You and me. The gun does his talking for him in, in more ways than one. This gun comes from somewhere near Tunis. It was transported across the Libyan desert and then brought through the jungle to the coast. Along with others for the rebels of San Lorenzo? Exactly. Well, how can you know all that by looking at the gun? The ornamentation on the stock could have been made only by a Berber. 
Probably one near Tunis, since otherwise the guns for Sanorenka would not have been transported across the desert. We not bring guns across desert. You lie. No amount of cleaning and polishing can ever remove the fine desert sand from the scene between the metal and the wood. Yes, a, a Berber made the gun, probably under the guidance of a warlike Bedouin who also possessed knowledge of transporting arms across the grueling desert of Libya. Mm, you're amazing, Tarzan. And I guess we'd better be getting along. Uh, what do you think we should do with our prisoner here? Keep him bound, watch him. Or take him with you. You may need a hostage to protect your life. You speak as though you aren't going to be with me. I shall meet you on the Isle of San Lorenca. First, I must find out where the guns and ammunition originate. Yes. If we could cut off the supply of arms, the revolution wouldn't last long. Exactly. And I have more confidence in myself as a detective than as a deity. It was a long and a difficult trip to the land of the Berbers, and the task of narrowing down the silversmith who had worked on the guns was even more difficult than the trip. But Tarzan's years of jungle training had taught him to ignore not even the tiniest of clues. A steel shaving, a grain of silver dust, a hundred other tiny clues finally led him to a silver shop in a small native town near Tunis. Ah, uh, greetings to the man of the jungle. My greetings to you, silversmith. I always admire a fine craftsman, and I hear you are most skilled in your trade. I do my humble best. Wouldst you have me fashion an armlet for thee? Or perhaps a filigree pendant to give as a gift to the light of your life? No, I, I had hoped that perhaps you could adorn a gun with the rich product of your craft. A gun? Silver ornamentation upon a gun? Have you never done such work? By Eula, I have never heard of such a practice. Have you the gun you wish adorned with you? I... I thought perhaps you could supply it. I, I would pay well. <laughs> In my store and in the simple workshop behind it, there is aught but a few scraps of silver and gold with which to make baubles. I am not a gunsmith. Your shop looks exceedingly empty of baubles as well as of guns. My poor stock of merchandise is completely gone at the moment. I noticed the large bales outside your shop. Uh, someone purchased your entire stock? Uh, yes, that is it. A buyer from one of the great marts of the world so admired my work that he bought everything I had. He has prepared it for shipment. You must prize it highly. The bales are well padded on the outside. Were you examining that which did not concern you? I looked only so I might determine whether the shipment was destined for the desert. You see, I am an experienced guide. And were your purchaser desirous of crossing the desert, and then perhaps the jungle, in order to reach the sea, I, I might be of service. Uh, wait here. My poor memory just recalled some silver I left upon my stove in the workshop. I shouldn't want you to neglect your work on my account. I shall return immediately, Effendi. Do not go away. I have no intention of leaving. Your reputation is so great. Ali... Ali Astagar, there is an Azraeli within my shop who asks strange questions. About my bales of merchandise, perhaps? Yes. He entered the shop and started inquiring about... About guns? Yes. He stands six feet or more in height, perhaps. Has a slight scar upon his forehead and dresses like a jungle native. It has the skin of a white man. Truly, Ali Astagar, you have the wisdom of a thousand men. I have the cooperation of a clever woman by the name of Tar. Her native followers are now legion, and her spies are everywhere, both on the island of San Lorenca and on the mainland. She told you of this stranger? I have been expecting him. He has offered to act as a guide for your caravan. Ah, I was not prepared for that good fortune. Return to the front of your shop and assure him that you can arrange for his employment as a guide. But he is a man of great stature and fearful strength. The stature of a man is unimportant when he lies helpless on the sand. And even a man of great strength finds survival difficult when he is attacked suddenly and left in the desert to die of thirst. In just a moment, we shall learn Tarzan's fate at the hands of the clever Ali Astagar. 
You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. reflected on the sand, and the heat was oppressive as the caravan slowly wended its way across the parched desert of Libya. A long line of well-laden camels trudged slowly, despite the urgings of the Bedouin camel drivers. And at the head of the caravan, astride muscular dromedaries, rode Ali Astagar and his guide, Tarzan. The sun beats hot upon our heads. I shall welcome the passing of the day. Had you followed my advice, we might have reached the shelter of the jungle by now. I prefer the longer route. This way we shall enter the jungle near Gilfolan. But there are no trails through the jungle from Gilfolan. Everyone else who travels in the direction of Lagos keeps to the elephant trails as much as possible. I wish to avoid the trails. At Gilfolan we will be met by native bearers I can trust. I want no one to know of my shipments. Are the silver ornaments we transport that important? We are not carrying silver ornaments. Surely that does not come as a great surprise to you? No, it doesn't. Particularly since I have found that the man who represented himself as a silversmith is your personal servant. Well, I am surprised to hear you admit that the cargo does not consist of silver. I never meant to deceive you, Tarzan. You know my name? Of course. And I know that you are a friend to all of Africa's natives. To you, I can confide the real contents of the bales. You are most kind, Aliastagar. What do the bales contain? Medicine, bandages, antiseptics, and anesthetics for the poor wounded natives of Sanarenka. Medical supplies? There are certain foreign powers who would lead you to believe I transport contraband shipments of ammunition and guns. They have their reasons for giving out this false information. Frankly, I believe what I was told. I traced the gun to that silversmith's shop where you made your headquarters. You are most clever. You must have traced one of the two guns I had made. They were given to the natives who guarded the last shipment of medical supplies. But why should Captain Lawrence lie to me about such a matter? Tarzan, he represents a government that is loath to give up its island colony. There are some who would gladly lie to their own parents in order to protect their selfish interests. I've often found men to be deceitful, but I was sure I could accept the word of Captain Lawrence. Would you believe me if I stopped the caravan right here and permitted you to open and inspect any bale in the caravan? You would do that? Gladly. In fact, I insist on it, so that you may learn to respect the word of Ali Astagar. Shams! Uh, yes, master? Have the caravan stopped? Permit Tarzan to open any bale he selects. I could have sworn the bales contained arms. The mind accepts what the heart dictates. Minds are often courts, the judge before trial. Yes. Yes, it is true. I, I had you marked as a villain before our paths crossed. Forgive me, Ali Astigar, and, and bid the caravan move on. I accept your word. No, no, I shall not let you accept my word. I insist you open a bail. Do it yourself. Be convinced. Come, I shall dismount with you. I, I feel as though I were causing you much needless trouble. If there is a fault, it lies with me. Go ahead, select a bail. All right, I'll, I'll take the nearest one. The one on that dromedary, right there. Shams, Arun, Baba, take down the packet from the camel's back. Kamar, Majid, help them. At least I can be thankful that I have cohorts in Lagos who know that my mission is one of mercy. My shipments are speeded to the island from that point. Here is Bale, Sahib. No, I would not cut the rope, Tarzan. 
We do have to tie it up again before we proceed. It was an instinctive gesture. The clumsy fools turned it with knots on the underside. Shams! I can reach the large knot if I kneel down. Yes, now I can. No! Stop! You need not waste further blows. He is quite unconscious. Harun, Baba, fasten the veil on the camel's back. And hurry. We must remount and ride as the wind. And by the time we enter the jungle, its lord will be quite dead of exposure and thirst. Oh. As evening came, Tarzan regained consciousness, got to his feet, and staggered in the hopeless direction of the jungle. High overhead, carrion birds hovered expectantly. But neither the birds of prey nor the clever Aliastigar had been able to estimate the almost superhuman strength and endurance of Tarzan. He seemed to grow stronger instead of weaker with each passing mile. And by dawn the next morning, he had reached a small water hole. Within a few days, he had crossed the jungle and secured a small boat to reach the Isle of San Lorenca, the bristling fortress now commanded by Captain Lawrence. You've had another miraculous escape, Tarzan. I suffered greatly. Perhaps it was my punishment for having doubted the word of a friend. Mastagar speaks with a crafty tongue. I hardly blame you doubting me. I blame myself, for by this time, fresh ammunition and guns have reached the rebels. I don't know. There have been no new attacks during the past several days. We can only conclude that they must be out of ammunition. Well, then perhaps I shall be relatively safe as I proceed into the tangled forest surrounding their island stronghold. You intend going into the interior? But you may fall into the hands of Tar, some of her fanatical followers. I shall have to take my chances, even with them. Jumbo, Morocco. Jumbo, you relieve Morocco a century. Nadeo, you go back camp. Santa, he speak war, shall we? Tomorrow we hold Shauri in capital of white men. They will... Drop your gun. Nadeo, we drop gun. Why, you're the same native who made an attempt on our lives in the jungle. But I thought Captain Lawrence still held you prisoner. You escaped? Captain Lawrence say, me free, go home. Not back war camp of Ta. And so you promised and then came straight to the camp. Ah, say lie to white men, not count. It's not crime lie. Kill oppressor. Oppressors? <laughs> oh, believe me, you have been misled. Not misled. It's true. Do you not accept the word of Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle? Believe only word of Ta. Ta, lamp who guides to freedom. And you, do you believe all that this woman tells your people? Ta, speak true. For her, we kill. And nothing I can say will change you. Tarzan, not leader now. Ta is leader. She beautiful, wise. I should like to see this woman who holds you under her spell. Come. I take Tarzan to Ta. Fine. Approaches our council fire. Morocco, bring Tarzan, who wants to speak with Ta. You are Tarzan? Yes. And you are Ta, the lamp which beckons the people to destruction. I lead them to victory. Today, fresh ammunition and many guns have been received. And tomorrow we attack the fortress in the capital. And under the new government, you will no longer be lord of the jungle, Tarzan. Uh, people of San Lorenca, can you not see that this woman spreads the lies of those who would hold you under a greater oppression than any you have yet known? It's lie. We have victory. We rule country. You will be ruled by this woman. A liar and a cheat by the name of Aliastegar and the corrupt government they represent. Enough! Captain! 
In surviving the desert, he has proven his reputation. You will not be able to shoot him down from the trees. People of Santa Lanka, if you attack the fortress and the capital tomorrow, misfortune will fall upon you. That man there, Ali Estegar, who just slipped from a hut like a worm from beneath a rock, he is your real enemy. Know it now, or learn it tomorrow. Tarzan did not return to the fortress immediately. Instead, he hovered in the vicinity of the war camp, observing much and taking particular interest in the departure of Ali Astigar and his bearers. Someday he would settle the score with Astigar, but at the moment a greater task was at hand. Toward dawn, he returned to the fortress, and he stood at Captain Lawrence's side as the big attack began. Well, there's certainly a slew of them out there. The rain isn't so good. Have you suffered any casualties at all? Not yet. The numbers are not sufficient to warrant an attack. But once that horde of natives charges the fort, I fear for the outcome. What in the world was that? They have no guns large enough to create an explosion that loud. I think I know what caused that explosion, and I know now that the natives will not attack. Not attack? But you can see them massing for the offensive blow now. I shall dissuade them. Tell your men to guard their shots so that they do not hit me in the confusion. Oh, Tarzan, where are you going? You can't just walk across a clearing into the midst of the enemy. But Tarzan did walk across the clearing and straight into the troops of the natives. And as he did, a strange thing happened. Small cannons exploded, breaking into a thousand pieces. Native guns disintegrated in the hands of those who attempted to fire them. Bullets failed to explode at all. Rifle levers jammed. Cartridges refused to fit into the guns for which they were intended. And despite the urgings of Tar, the natives threw up their arms in confused surrender. Only then did Tarzan signal for Captain Lawrence's men to advance. No! No, you mustn't surrender! Until death must you fight! Captain Lawrence, have your men take the woman prisoner. No! No, you won't take me! No! No! There you are! No! A nice shiny pair of handcuffs to wear. No! Take her over there! You had best save your tears for the people you have misled. Tarzan, I just want something and I still don't believe it. What in the name of heaven happened? The people of San Lorenco were betrayed by Astegar, a man who double-crossed everyone who had an interest in this small island. He sent Tar here to incite the rebellion. He got a foreign power to pay for the arms he delivered, and he reaped a double profit by purchasing defective guns and ammunition. When did you learn of all this? Some of these things I learned last night as I threaded my way through the camp, and some of the things I learned by long association with those who know no loyalty except to their own purses. I think from now on, the loyalties of the people of San Lorenca will be with those who have proven themselves their friends. In just a moment, a word about our next story of Tarzan. Stanley reported the strange lake in his book, In Darkest Africa, which was published in 1890. And yet, even today, little has really been learned about the small body of water whose shores are strewn with dead butterflies, in whose dark red waters fish cannot live, and which is taboo to the natives of the Congo. They call it Kiwa Navisi, Lake of Blood. Tarzan, the creation of the famous Edgar Rice Burroughs, is produced and transcribed by Walter White, Jr., prepared for radio by Bud Lesser, with original music by Albert Glasser. This is a Commodore production. Listen in next week to Lake of Blood, another thrilling episode of The Lord of the Jungle.
get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!